Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you're doing something significant in the earth. Lord, thank you that you are building your ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, Lord, we thank you for our time together. We bless you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. There's a lot of families here today with children, and we've had a a family event just before the service, and we're so thankful for families. We want to pray for families and houses today. We want to pray from your house to the White House. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. This is, in the Hebraic thought, a Shemitah year, which means a year of rest. So we're praying and prophesying that the rest of God is going to rest on your house this year. You, your family, your children, your children's children, that you will have rest on every side. But then we also want to pray for our nation today. If you've ever considered praying for our nation and nations, now's the time to do it. Our nation is in desperate need for the glory of God to touch our president, the Congress, the Senate, that they make the right decisions this time because America has a prophetic destiny in the whole world. As America goes, the world goes. America's not the kingdom, I understand that. But there is a prophetic destiny on us as a nation for us to shine as be a light to the nations of the world. So would you stand with me for this moment of time? Father, we lift up our own homes, first of all, to you today, our own houses. Lord, we believe the prophetic word that this is a Shemitah year. This is the year of rest. And we simply speak the rest of God over every home, every family connected to our tribe. Lord, you promised that there would come a season that we would have rest on every side. And so, Father, I thank you that right in the midst of chaos, confusion, and darkness, you can put rest on our homes. The rest of God, the peace of God. Lord, we feel it here this morning. We feel the rest of God. We feel the peace of God, that we're not striving or laboring, trying to make something happen, but we're resting in the covenant promises and plans of heaven for our homes and our families, our children's children's children. We release a blessing today for the families and homes and houses connected to our tribe, our influence here at Word Alive. Now, Lord, we put our heart toward our nation. Lord, we lift up President Biden today. We call him by name. And we say, Lord, bless this man. Anoint this man. Speak to this man. Lord, you have your hooks in the jaws of the nations. You can turn a man's heart. You can turn king's hearts to you. Lord, we speak to our president. We speak to our Congress and our Senate. We say let the godly influence of the Holy Spirit begin to infiltrate Washington, D.C. and bring about heaven's plans and heaven's purposes. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. And we recognize that the enemy would love to snuff out America and the nations of the world. But we stand today. We stand in faith. We stand by the grace of God for our nation today. Lord, and we say let every angel, every angel of the 50 states of the United States of America, we call the angels of every state to arise and begin to do war on the behalf of our nation today and begin to work with the other angels and bring America once again as the United States of America. Lord, we come against division. We come against anger because we know, Lord, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So we say now. 
now we move away anger and we call forth rest and peace on this nation. And so, Lord, we stand today on behalf of the nation of America. You said in Timothy, lift up holy hands without wrath and pray for those in leadership over us. We pray with lifted up hands, holy hands today for this wonderful nation that you've let us be born into, the nation of America. God, move in our nation in the name of Jesus. Now we lift up the, the uh, Governor Ivy in the state of Alabama, Lord. We lift up our governor in this state, Lord. Bless her, strengthen her, empower her in our Senate and our Congress here. Lord, our representatives, to lead the state of Alabama. God, you've carved out, marked out Alabama as one of the first states to go first, Lord. We thank you for the justice of God being released in the state of Alabama and moving to awaken the nation today. And so, Lord, we stand today on behalf of our state, our nation, and the cities in our state, all 67 counties. Lord, we thank you that the ecclesia is arising all over Alabama, and the glory of God is going to begin to move in our state in a supernatural way. We pray for that. We believe for that, and we thank you for it in advance, God, that you hear our prayers today. We stand in agreement together in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise this morning? Just before you sit down, we're going to put our giving declaration up. Some of you will be tithing today. Some will be offering first fruits offerings. Some will be participating in Project 58 as we serve the poor around the world. But we just want to say out loud, Job said, decree a thing and it will happen for you. We believe you can create a world with your words. So we, got, we like words. We like to speak words out over our giving today. So on the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Father, I honor you as I present to you your tithes, my offerings. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I do not worry about lack, because God supplies all my needs richly and abundantly by Christ Jesus. I choose to sow cheerfully, generously, and bountifully, knowing that I will reap bountifully. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing in Him for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, promotions and benefits, God ideas and strategies, sales and commissions, rebates and returns, blessings and inheritances, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, and debts demolished. I receive fresh anointing and grace to minister His love, transformation, and restoration for people, families, cities, and nations. Thank you, Lord, that I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ and give into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that, don't you? Before you sit down, fist, some, fist bump somebody. Tell them I'm glad you're here today. That's probably the appropriate thing now. Glory to God. Thank you so much for coming out and being a part of this Transformation Sunday. We're looking forward to what God wants to do here just the next few moments that we have left and have remaining. I want to uh, make sure you know that every Sunday now at 10 a.m. we have Worship in the Word. My brother Dan leads that. He's preaching and teaching God's Word under a powerful anointing. 
And uh, amen, it's been good. And so for the equipping of saints for the work of ministry, and so that's at 10 a.m. Also, this family experience that you experienced today, we've shifted that to 10 a.m. So that will be available to you as well on su every Sunday morning family uh, service. And then also Dan teaching the word with worship in the word, and worship will be powerful. Next Transformation Sunday is November 7th. Chuck Pierce is going to be here with us. He just contacted me this week. He's coming specifically to align us and commission us for the harvest. And uh, there's, it's a powerful, isn't it interesting that, uh, uh, what, two weeks ago we were here, a week ago, uh, we were here and we were celebrating Rosh Hashanah and we talked about the double portion. And Chuck's the one that's carrying that word for us and so I, didn't, I thought, thought it was interesting that he just texted out of the blue and said, look, I could come this Sunday. So next Sunday, November 7th, 11 a.m., Chuck Pierce will be here with us. He's a powerful prophet to the nation and the world and also to us. And so we're excited about that. Hope you can make it. If not, make it online. Many of people are walking, uh, many of people, that sounds country right there. Today. Many of people, many of people are watching online today. Can we give them a big hand and welcome all those who are watch watching online? We are a country, she said. We're, uh, we're I want to continue a conversation today. I started online last week about the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. This is something the Lord is saying to us as the church right now, as we're shifting, moving in a significant season with God. We talked some about it last night at Grow with our recovery movement because we do believe that that crew that's here with us some this morning are part of this army God's raising up. God's raising up an army. And the, the, the thought I want to get to you is everything that can be shaken is being shaken so that we can receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Romans 8 is where I'll start, and I'll just be a few moments. But Romans 8 verse 19 says these words. It says, for the earnest expectation, if I could have the first slide up, please. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Leave that up, please. One translation says, the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. Unfortunately, the Western church has preached a message only of salvation. Hence, we have a lot of people that are saved but are not mature. We have a lot of people that are enjoying salvation, even enjoying the benefits of salvation, but not mature sons and daughters. Because when you read the translation, it says the whole earth is groaning in birth pains, waiting the revelation or the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God in the earth. That translation, sons of God, no gender necessary, sons meaning sons and daughters of God, is the Greek word weos, which means mature sons of God, mature daughters of God. And so all the chaos is in the earth, in my opinion, is birth pangs waiting for a generation. Waiting for a generation of people that will step into their inheritance and begin to live as sons and daughters on the earth because the Bible predicts the glory of God will cover the whole earth like the waters covered the seas. And so if you look on into Romans 8, here's what it kind of begins to explain. What does it look like to be a son or a daughter, a mature son or daughter of God? Here's what it says. 
Romans 8, verse 14 through 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Can you imagine a whole tribe of people that were led by the Spirit of God? That you didn't have to be controlled or told how to function, what to do. You're led by the Spirit of God. This is what it means to be a son and daughter of God. You're literally led by the Spirit of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba God or Papa God. Continue on verse 16. For the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we're heirs. And if we're heirs of God, we're joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time. This is a word right now. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's about to be revealed on the inside of us. For the earnest expectation of creation is eagerly awaiting the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. There will be a generation that steps into this inheritance. And begins to live and act and be just like Jesus. The greater works generation. We were in a worship service with a friend of mine years ago. And they were saying something like this. Jesus, we were worshiping, right? Jesus, there's nobody like you. Lord, we worship you. Jesus, we thank you. Lord, there's nobody like you. We worship you. Lord, there's nobody like you. Jesus, we worship you. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, and isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame that there's nobody like Jesus? See, we have been taught a false gospel to think that we are just sinners saved by grace. And we think you've been adopted into God's family and that's not true. You have not, you're not an adopted orphan. This is a false theology. God didn't adopt you. You didn't need adopted. You are born of God. You are born of the, when you're born again, you're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. That word seed is sperma. It's the very seed of God. When the Holy Spirit awakens your spirit, the very seed of the Father comes into your DNA. Your DNA is not even the same anymore when you get born again. You're not some sinner barely making it to heaven. You are a child of God born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God with the very DNA of God living on the inside of you. Daniel Hughes and I did two or three uh, programs that will be airing next month, and he was involved in darkness and witchcraft in a very deep manner. And the first time he came to Word Alive, he said, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know anything about God. All I knew was whatever spirit was in those people was greater than the spirit that was in me. 
greater is he that lives on the inside of you than he that's in the world. We got to get a hold of this. So what is the spirit of adoption? Biblically speaking, the spirit of adoption is found in Galatians 4, 1 and 3. Here's what it says. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. So even though you're born of God with the seed of God in you, as long as you remain immature, not walking in your inheritance, you're no different than a slave even though you're an heir. How many people in the body of Christ are living so below our inheritance because we remain immature? Though, he, though you be master of all, you're under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. In the biblical culture, here's what adoption meant. It wasn't like we understand orphans being adopted to a family. In the biblical concept, adoption was when a man received his full inheritance. So you're born into a family and the father runs the family and normally the family had a business that went along with that and you're born into that family but you remained under stewards and tutors for preparation for the day that you would be adopted. When you were adopted, it's when you had been through the process of maturation and the father stood you in front of the family and said, now, today, the spirit of adoption is on my child. He has matured and now he is walking into his full heirship. So today, from today forward, if you see him, you've seen me. If he says it, it's as if I said it. If he says it so, it's as if I said it so. And entered his inheritance. So this is what it means for the spirit of adoption. And it goes on to say something like this. Even so, when we were children under bondage and elements of the world, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came to show us how to mature, to walk into our inheritance, not just to save us from our sins. And prophesied that the works he did, greater works shall we do. And because you are sons and daughters, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now here's where we're at. You can join a church, but you can't join the kingdom. This is the difference maker. You can find you any church in the, in, the, in the world and you can join that church. But you can't join the kingdom. You've got to be born into the kingdom. You only get into the kingdom by revelation. John 3 says you must be born from above because if you're not born from above, you can't even see the kingdom. You thank you, sir. So this isn't about... <laughs> appreciate that encouragement. This isn't about joining. We've got to switch our paradigm. 
We're not, this is not a season just to join a church that can meet your needs, and if they don't meet your needs, go get you another church. I mean, you can continue to do that, but as long as you do, you will stay immature. And you will never step into your full inheritance and do what I believe God has called us to do, which is to mature sons and daughters of God to begin to enter and walk and function in the kingdom of God. Hence, the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God through the spirit of adoption. So the purpose that why we exist, Ephesians 4 says, we exist for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That doesn't mean perfect with no sin. That means mature. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know in heaven there's going to be no church, right? It won't be necessary. Because the only purpose of ecclesia is to mature saints to become, get to the place where we're mature enough to walk as a perfect man in the measure of the fullness of Christ. But as long as we live under a false theology that we're just sinners saved by grace and never realize we are born of God, we'll never experience the spirit of adoption and walk into our full inheritance. You say, what does that look like? Well, people of the past have stepped into it. Benny Hinn, Catherine Kuhlman, Jack Coe, William Seymour, A.A. Allen, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, these are all forerunners, prototypes of people that have stepped in to their inheritance. I, I have, I'm, I'm, I've have two chairs here sitting beside me. These chairs were chairs that sat in A.A. Allen's meetings. His son, Asa, blessed me with these. He had 11 tenths. And they all changed, but never changed the chairs. These chairs are witnesses to some of the most remarkable miracles that the earth has ever seen. Deaf, blind, mute, lame, cripple, cancer. These chairs witnessed it. Mama Horn, who went to be with the Lord, she was a big part of our church Went to be with the Lord when she was 92 years old. She was in the meeting in Birmingham, Alabama, where a child was brought into that meeting that needed 26 miracles. A vegetable, lame, blind, deaf, club feet, no eyeballs, tongue hanging out of the mouth. Unbelievable the way described. R.W. Schambach, Bev and I had a, privilege of serving and working with, told the story greater than anybody I've ever heard it told, how that unfolded that day, but I believe it was, most people don't hear the end of the story, which I believe is the most important part of the story, but, but the story is a woman came from Tennessee to Birmingham with this baby, believing God that the baby would be healed. And every day, R.W. would teach on faith, and at night, A.A. Allen would pray for the sick, and he said every day that, that 
during the morning meetings, they would take an offering. And he said, he watched this lady with this baby day after day, give an offering every day, give an offering. Five days went by. A.A. Allen was just moving different. He said that week and didn't get through the prayer cards and it was different for some reason. The baby hadn't been prayed for. He said she came up and she, on the fifth day when she put her offering in, she said, Brother Shambuck, I'm going to have to leave. She said, I've driven all the way from Tennessee with, with my baby, needs a healing, and basically staying in a hotel, you know, paying for food. I'm out of money. Uh, I got $20 left, and I'm going to have to get back to Tennessee, uh, and so I'm going to have to leave. Our Deborah said, Lady, please do not leave. She said, if I have to take your baby tonight and track that man of God down and put him in his hands, I'll get your baby prayed for. So she said she'd stay. R.W. said that night, he said, I, I led worship like I normally did. And he said, A.A. A. Allen came out and he started ministering. He said, I'd never seen him do this before. He said, because I only took offerings in the day meetings. He said, but he stopped and he said, the Lord said to take a faith offering tonight. He said, never, hardly ever seen him do something like that. He said, the first lady out of her seat was that lady. R.W. said, my curiosity got the best of me, so I jumped down to look in the bucket. I wanted to see what she'd given. He said it was her last $20. He said, I watched this before my very eyes. After that offering was taken, he said, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on A.L.M. He said, hang on a minute, there's a woman. You drove a Chevrolet. You drove from Tennessee. You've stayed here all week. Your baby needs 26 miracles. God's going to heal him tonight. Bring him to me. Shelbuck said he brought, watched that woman brought, bring that baby down there. He said, before our very eyes, first thing he said, that tongue that was hanging out of that vegetable kid's mouth shook and snapped back in its mouth. He said, the next thing you know, two blue sockets begin to form in that baby's eyes. It looked like a world map. They begin to form in that baby's eyes. He said, next thing you know, two feet grew out. Legs popped back in place. He said, before everybody's eyes, God began to work on this baby. And within two or three minutes, that baby walked across that stage and grabbed his mama and said mama for the very first time. That had been radically healed. He said, now, what people don't hear is, he said, as soon as that happened, it, he said like it was orchestrated, 12 blind people with their blind canes came down like soldiers, boom, 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 laying their sticks down. They had all been healed. Next thing you know, rows of wheelchairs were empty. He said it was that night that everybody in the meeting was healed. And he prophesied, he said, I believe God pulled back the veil to show us the future of not one man, but a company of people that would be living in the earth that would be walking and living in that dimension as mature sons and daughters of God. Now from Kent Maddox, I just can't be satisfied if that's available and I don't have it. And I'm not saying I want it to make me something. 
But like David Hogan said, this powerful preacher in Mexico, he said, you talking about getting charged up. He said, there ain't nothing like giving a dead baby back to a mom alive. Now, I'm not trying to get you hyped up or trying to get you geared up on something. I'm just saying, I believe this is an inheritance. I've had prophecies over my life in this church that we would be in that type of glory movement. The reason I got two chairs is God said we would have a double portion. And so I believe we have to say yes and then let God mature us into it. And so, just quickly, you say, what does that look like? Well, I've read you Ephesians about the perfection. How about James 1, 2, and 4? This is a paradigm shift. Hey, my brethren and sisters, count it all joy. Hello? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, one translation, mature and complete, lacking nothing. Here's my admonition. Let's quit wasting our trials. They're only sent for one reason, not to destroy you, but to mature you so that you can walk into the promises in your inheritance and walk into the things of God. Touch your neighbor say, start counting it all joy. I felt no faith on that whatsoever. Touch somebody really, say, count it all joy. Doesn't that change the way you live when you realize every time you're going through something, God's just trying to prepare you? He's just getting you ready for something he wants you to walk in. He's just getting you ready for something that he's wanting you to enjoy and be a part of. Discipline's never about something you've done. It's about what you're going to do. The Lord told me a few years ago, he said, I'm going to put my hand on you for discipline. I said, Lord, let me repent. He said, repentance won't fix it. I said, why? He said, I'm not putting my hand on you for discipline for what what you've done. I put my hand on you for discipline to prepare you for what I want you to do. And, you know, people can say things, well, you know, and just make all sorts of excuses why we don't walk in it. And I appreciate that. People have told me, well, Kent, you know, you, you may never see these prophecies fulfilled on your life, but at least God's done this, this, and this. And you know what? I really appreciate that, but I cannot be persuaded by that. I just will not settle for anything less than God's full inheritance promise manifesting on our lives and on my life. I won't... I won't I don't know what's going to have to happen. I don't know what we got to go through. I don't know what's going to happen. But I will not settle for anything less than God's full portion of the double portion inheritance resting on our lives. I want people to be able to come here with sick children and it's given back to them alive and well by the glory and power of God. 
I want people to be able to come in with cancer and cancer fall off their bodies by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want mentally tormented people to walk in and find the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I won't settle. I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying you have to go with me. I'm just saying I can't settle. Because it's been problem. I wasn't 30 years ago I was preaching. A guy came up to me, he said, I see you in the future. And you got such a word of knowledge that you prophesy people's shoe size. I was like, well, what in the world? I mean, what's that going to do for anybody, right? I mean, what's that, Sister Jones, about a seven and a half? I mean, what does that do? I mean, I'm not saying that out loud. I'm thinking this in my mind. And before I could think it, he said, because you're going to come in with no legs, and you'll prophesy the size shoe they wear when they walk out. Have I seen that? No. Do I want to see that? Yes. But we have to let God mature us. And I'm going to be honest. I don't normally count it all joy. But I think if we're going to get there to the place with God, we're going to have to start counting it all joy. To let God move us on into where he's wanting to take us. Paul said that I might know the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. Mature, sons and daughters of God. I'm hurrying. Here we go. Hebrews 5. This is how we move on to maturity. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody else to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, I've been explaining most of my life that milk of the word is for the immature, which I understand that, milk for babes. But then I've been led to believe that meat is complicated matters of the Word of God. Heavy, weighty matters. Deep revelation that belongs to the mature. Well, I know by experience that's not true. Because I know people who sit under deep revelatory teachers and they're still immature. Because all they want to do is eat meat. They're like Western sizzling Christians. You know what I mean? It's just buffet, buffet, buffet. Sitting there, hearing deep truths, but no transformation. But when I see and reread this, check this out. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is mature, those who by reason of use 
have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. What's my point? If you want to get mature, you got to start using what you have. And most of us are waiting on what's to come, and we're not using what we currently have. Therefore, we're not matured into what God wants to bring to us. By reason of use, we exercise our senses. Therefore, verse Hebrews 6 is, therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let's go on. Somebody say, let's go on. Let's go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, but let's move on. If you read that portion of Scripture, it says let's move on. Those that have tasted of the good, good power of God, the good word of God of the ages to come. Let's go on to maturity by reason of use. I've been praying for people for 35 years and ministering to people. I've never seen legs grow out. I've seen some, uh, well, I've seen them go out moderately amount, but I've never seen them go out totally. I've seen one dead person raised. It was in a church. Died while I was preaching. God raised him right up, right from the dead. It was a wild experience. Seen some things, but never seen A.A. Allen stuff. And so I'm in a meeting, and I'm supposed to preach, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, I think I'm, I'm just going to just preach and sit down, you know, because I just don't want to do all this other stuff. Like, you know, I hadn't seen things I was supposed to see that I think I was supposed to see, so I'm just not going to do that. And I've never had anything like happen to this before, but I felt a word of God come out of the ground through my feet up through my legs and I felt like and I knew God was about to speak but it was coming right out of the ground right up through my feet right up in my leg right up in me and I was Whoa. and so I'm saying should I pray for the sick or not this is my battle comes right up here and boom it hit my heart and the interesting he said he that knows to do good and doesn't is sin God said, for you not to pray for the sick is sin. Because you know to do good. Acts 10, 38, how Jesus, anointed by the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I believe sin is missing the mark. Somebody talking? Jesus. Excuse me, Jesus? <laughs> it's not Jesus, I'm sorry. Somebody was talking right out of my behind there. <laughs> oh, Kent, he was just talking out of his behind today. <laughs> That's the Christian version of what I was wanting to say. Sonny. You say, what do we do? Here's what Paul said, Philippians 3, 13, 15, and we'll pray. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Like, I'm not saying I'm here. But one thing I do, 
I'm forgetting those things that are behind, and I'm reaching forward to those things that are ahead. And I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. God wants to take us higher. I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. What's this mind? I'm not there yet, but I'm not staying here. I'm pressing on. I'm laying hold of that which he has laid a hold of me for. And I'm just persuaded that it's time to let God mature us. I'm persuaded that we have to shift as a church, that we're no longer just preaching milk. But we're maturing saints for the work of ministry to step into. Did you know everybody in this room today has a gift? Everybody in this room. So just go ahead and touch your neighbor and say, you've got a gift. Tell them, you've got a gift. Can you dream with me for 60 seconds what it would look like if we all matured and these gifts started functioning? You all have one. You all have a powerful gift of God in you. Some is healing. This is the Bible. Some is healing. Some's prophecy. Some's discernment. Some's tongues, interpretation. Some's miracles. Some's gifts of faith. All of these are in this room and they're dormant. And the whole earth is groaning. Waiting for the manifestation of your gift, of your calling. And it's happening not in this not for this room, it's for out there. The whole world's growing. I'll tell you this and I promise I'll stop. I was preaching for a pastor friend of mine. And uh, I've been trying to live as, as, as often as possible in this realm. And so I was going to preach at his church and got there a little early on Saturday and he wanted to play a round of golf, so I went with him. And we drove by to this gate to get into this golf course and when I drove by, a lady was standing there and I saw the glory of God on her. We drove through the gate, I said, turn the car around. He said, why? I said, I saw the glory of God on that woman. He said, are you serious? And I said, Yes. He goes, no. And I said, yes, turn the car around. He said, well, I'll have to go back out. I said, then go back out. You know, get back on the interstate. I mean, let's go back. We got back. We turned around. She came back out. And she said, are y'all okay? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. The Lord just told me that the glory of God is on your life, and I'm to bless you and prophesy to you. She starts crying right there outside the golf course. She said, my God, that's never, nothing like this has ever happened to me. I the Lord get told, said, give her a certain amount of money. I got in my pocket and gave her that money. I said, the Lord said, you've sown into other people's lives, and you've been there for them, but now he's about to be there for you in a supernatural way, and the glory of God came all over at the shack at the golf course. Kingdom had come to her. If that's not exciting enough, on that Sunday, I, he takes me and I fly back. I, get, I land, he calls me, he goes, the pastor, he called me and says, you're not going to believe this. I said, what happened? He said, when you was preaching at my church, a guy came up to me and gave me an amount of money, he put, told me to put it in my pocket. He said, this is not for you and this is not for Kent, but God will show you who it's for. 
He said, I dropped you off the airport, and I was almost out of gas, and I stopped at the Circle K to get gas, and I walked in, and he said, I saw the spirit of oppression all over the lady working there, and I remember what you did at the golf course. He said, but I didn't want to do anything, so I just walked out, got in my car, and I was going to drive. I was late, busy, tried to get back to the conference. He said, the Holy Spirit grabbed hold of me. He said, go back and go back now. He said, I so wished I'd went, I did it the first time because when, when I was there the first time, nobody was there, and I went back, and there was four people in line thinking, you know, I could have done it privately. Nobody. He says, but I just had to obey God, so I just told those people. I was in a hurry. I said, God, if y'all could just excuse me just a minute, all four people in line. He said, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but I saw the spirit of oppression on you, and God said, you've lost something, but he's going to help you, and he's going to restore you. And she just broke down and started crying. She said, my husband left me a note this morning. He walked out and left me. And he emptied our bank account, and I have zero money. He said, I know, and this is the amount of money that you need right here. He said, listen, listen. He said, the glory of God hit Circle K, and the four guys in line started crying, and they all got money out and started giving it to him. Come on, somebody. He said, the next thing you know, the whole Circle K is giving the lady money. She had a pile of money. Presence of peace of God comes, and the Holy Ghost invades the Circle K gas station. Why? Mature sons and daughters, the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Come on, stand up with me this morning. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is old school, so don't play nothing because I won't yet. Please, not be, I'm not trying to be curt. Just, mine's in another place. I woke up with this old song. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith in heaven's table land. A higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. God's going to take us higher today. Father, we thank you today that you are maturing sons and daughters. The whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation the revelation of your sons and your daughters. So, Father, we pray today you would shift the paradigm of us as a movement, as an ecclesia, and let us walk in the mandate of raising up mature sons and daughters of God in the kingdom. An army of believers that are led by the Spirit, moving with the Holy Spirit in every sphere and every realm of influence. Father, any person under the sound of my voice, whether here or online, that has joined a church but not yet been born into the kingdom, let today, let people be born again. Let people be born of God from heaven by the Holy Spirit through revelation knowledge right now. 
we release that spirit now for people to be born from above through revelation knowledge. And Father, let those of us that are already born again determine today that we are going to forget those things that are behind and that we're going to press forward and lay hold of those things which are ahead. And we're going to allow you to mature us and bring us into this new season. So Father, we thank you for that now. We thank you for the spirit of adoption that's touching our hearts and placing the hunger inside of us to walk into and lay hold of our inheritance that the Holy Spirit has already given us as a down payment so that we can see the full manifestation of it. We thank you for it. We bless you for it. And we honor you for it now. In the name of Jesus, for the glory of God, for the glory of God, for the glory of God, for the glory of God. Somebody's here this morning with severe kidney issues. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. I'm not sure if it's kidney stones, but I know it's kidney issues. Where are you at? Would you wave at me? Some type of kidney issues. I don't know if it's kidney stones or a kidney issue, but you're being healed this morning wherever you're at. And I, where are you? I can't see the back, the back section with the, I'd like to pray for you. Uh-huh. I'd like to pray for you before we leave today. There's other people that are being healed this morning. Things happening. If you're here sick in body, would you just raise your hand at me? Wait, if you're sick in body, would you raise your hand? Just hold it up high right there where you are. All right? Just keep it up high, will you? Would you turn around and look who's beside you or behind you right now, please? Would you just turn around? If, if you don't have your hand raised, would you turn around and see who's, there's like a, who's behind you or who's beside you with a hand raised? And would you mind just reaching over there and just laying your hand on them right now? Just reach over and lay your hand on them right now. Father, you said we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Lord, we thank you for the anointing and the inheritance of the miraculous that you have placed on our lives. Lord, let today be a new beginning for the miraculous and the miracles of healings to be a common occurrence. Lord, we thank you for the double portion of that anointing that's been prophesied over us. And so, Lord, we thank you now for a divine flow of supernatural healing right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for, we command sickness to get off of God's people now. We take authority over every sickness and every disease, and we begin to walk in our inheritance as believers as we are laying hands on the sick. You said those that believe should lay hands on the sick, and they would recover. So, Father, we thank you right now for the sick being healed and it becoming a common occurrence in our midst of miracles and healings manifesting even now. We thank you for it now. We thank you for the manifestation of healing happening even now. People, right now, you're feeling either a warmth or a tingling going through your body. That's the power of Holy Spirit moving through you now. Father, we thank you 
for this movement and this portion that we're stepping into now. And we honor you for it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise here this morning? Come on. Lift your hands up with me. Father, I thank you now for the spirit of adoption that begins to work mightily inside of us. And I just need to say to somebody, God's going to give your confidence back. You've lost your confidence. Hebrews 10 says, don't lose your confidence. It's got a recompense of a great reward. You have need of patience after you've done the will of God that you can receive the prize. Don't lose your confidence. 1 Corinthians 3 says if your heart doesn't condemn you toward God, you got confidence with God. Some people's own hearts have condemned you. You've made too many mistakes. You've made too many wrong decisions. Right now, you're habitually doing the wrong things. I break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. You are a child of God. You are born with the seed of God on the inside of you. And so we break off all shame. We break off all shame of the past, all wrong decisions, all that stuff. We remove it that you think's disqualified you from walking into your inheritance. You can't be qualified for your inheritance. You're born into your inheritance. So we break all spirits of disqualification of God's people now in the name of Jesus. And we say there's a supernatural grace falling on us now to begin to let assure us the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. No matter what you've done, where you've been, now we activate those gifts and those callings once again in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your belly. I say now I activate every gift of the Spirit that's inside every believer. We, all, we activate all the gifts. We activate the destiny, the purpose, the inheritance, and the calling that's on the inside of the saints. And we thank you, Lord, that you're going to be begin to produce the results inside of us by your grace and the Holy Spirit. So we receive gladly today the spirit of adoption that we can begin to walk in and move in our inheritance and we thank you for it in advance in Jesus name and all God's people said amen. I love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you next November 7th. Love you guys. See you online next week.